Welcome to Recast, brought to you by Regeneration. I am Aaron Whipple, your host. This is Joel Libermento, our guest this week. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm hopping in from Dallas, Texas, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I love you all. Love it. And this is Alyssa. Hey, guys. I'm from Atlanta now. Grew up in Chicago and bounced around to Cleveland and Orlando, and now this is home. Awesome. I'm to be here. Awesome. Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do in Texas? Uh, my brother and I, my brother-in-law and myself uh, are planning a church uh, in right. Well, I guess it's in a city suburb of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, Fort Worth and Dallas are about 45 minutes away from each other. So yeah, we're planting a church out here called the River, and uh, just building a community of believers and just being a beacon of hope for people who need it. So yeah, yeah. So I've got a family married, got a, a one and a half year old. His name's Manny Fresh. My wife's name's Katie. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, we're just doing it big in Texas, but I'm originally a, a Georgia native, so, you know, you, so can cool. take, you can take the boy out of Georgia, but you can't take the Georgia out of the boy. So. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Joel was a speaker at our conference this past January, he did a phenomenal job, man. It was super, super mm-hmm. cool. God was all over it. He just brought the word, and if you want to go back and listen to that, you can just scroll down on our podcast and check out Joel Libermento's uh, session labeled uh, regroup. It was phenomenal, man. It was so, so cool. Um, and Alyssa, tell Appreciate us a little it. bit about you. What do you do? So I am part of the regeneration team. Um, I've helped with administrative stuff to um, sending emails and kind of just being the hands and feet wherever I was needed um, and helped out a lot with regeneration conference this January which was awesome. Um, We've got some cool stuff that we're prepping for this summer that we're excited to share with y'all too. Yeah, man, so cool. Alyssa was a huge help, Uh, just did a lot of the behind the scenes work and it was so cool. It's so cool to, as as the kind of leader of this conference and the founder to, to just recognize who it is that God has given me to have authority over, but also serve with and just the amount of heart that my team and the Regeneration squad had was mm-hmm. so, so cool to watch. And Alyssa served her heart out, and as did everyone else on the team, which was super, super cool. Uh, but that leads me to uh, what's coming up in the summer, which is crazy exciting. So we have Regen Camp. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen the announcements on our Instagram or whatnot, go check it out. Uh, you can get some more information on our website at Regeneration. That's re-generation. 810.com. If you put slash events, it'll take you right to the camp page, which is super dope. You can register there and take your first step to having the best week of your life because that's literally what this is going to be. Every time I go back to this camp, and we've been there for years, um, my, my church has been there for years, and we're taking it over. Um, but every year I go back, uh, God just shows me something new, and it's so, so cool to be a part of. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited about what God's going to do through me um, because I know he's done so much in me at that place Mm, Uh, so that's that's really really exciting so yeah that's all I've got for announcements that's going to be really really exciting so let's jump into uh, the rest of our podcast so this segment is called the current 
and this is where we bring each bring a story from current events news media celebrity culture pop culture whatever it is that sparked our interest uh, some of it's goofy some of it's serious some of it's in between um, so Joel why don't you hit us with what you got all right yeah 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 so uh, yeah so I was just kind of scrolling through uh, some articles and you know I'm sure most of you guys have heard about uh, the creepy laughing from Alexa Literally, like, it's so crazy. People have been, like, hearing Alexa laugh creepily uh, in their homes. And so it's, like, no super way. scary. I like, people are getting freaked that. out because, like, literally, Alexa's just <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> That's crazy. I have never heard of it. I haven't seen yeah. that anywhere. Joel, do yeah, you yeah, have so an Alexa? I don't, but I bought one for my parents at Christmas. <laughs> I thought you were saying, I uh, bought one because I heard about the creepy <laughs> laughing. Yeah, I just wanted to exactly. experience it. Like, like literally, uh, I have several friends that have Alexa, and uh, and one of them ha apparently this is a common experience. You know, you can get Alexa to turn off like the lights in your house and stuff. People are saying that they're saying Alexa, turn off the lights, and all Alexa does is turn the lights out and then laugh in a creepy laugh. <laughs> I swear, I swear. Oh man, that's so anyway. I have so, one at home, and I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, so Amazon, apparently it's a big issue. People are like unplugging their, uh, you know, Alexa. <laughs> they're unplugging Alexa because they're so freaked out about it. Uh, and so Amazon has like put out a letter, you know, we're, we're so sorry for this. We're going to, we're working hard to change, you know, whatever's going on. Uh, and they're going to change Alexa's response from simply laughter to sure I can laugh. So if you... So I think if you said the word laugh, Alexa would creepily laugh. Now you have to say like, Alexa, could you laugh or can you laugh? And she'll say, yes, I can laugh. Uh, but yeah, like if you haven't heard it, you gotta go on YouTube and search that laugh. And it is, uh, yeah, I'm like, why would it even be programmed in there? I'll so anyway, yeah, they're making that change. They're trying to make that change. But man, I just thought it was so funny. And you know, you've been hearing about people like, uh, you know, freaking out about Alexa because Alexa's like listening in your house, you know, like yeah. if she can respond to your voice, like what else can she hear, you know? So what do you guys yeah. think about that? Do you think like, uh, what do you think? I mean, do you think Alexa's listening to everything you're saying? I think like, it's what? I think it's the first step to a robo-apocalypse, to <laughs> Will Smith's <laughs> iRobot coming <No>. true. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like the hey Google thing. You have to, I think, activate her listening by saying Alexa da 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 I what? hope you think so? I hope you think so. well have you seen like all the hype around your phone listening to you guys like have you heard about that so I haven't you, you guys ever been scrolling through Facebook and then you come across an ad and you're like holy crap I was oh. literally just talking about this you know, yes, you know what I'm saying? yes yeah, so, oh, definitely. yeah so people are like speculating that your phone is listening it's to like you all the time. Advertising, like leverage or something. Yeah, That'd like it's it's listening to you all the time, so it picks up on what it is that you've said, and then it's like I'm gonna throw this ad in there, real shady like. And then, <laughs> but is it smart though? Like, 
Well, it is, but yeah. it, isn't that an invasion of privacy? I mean, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, uh, last year I was doing all this research because I was uh, going to Peru. And uh, Aaron, you know, I remember I was hiking the Inca Trail. Yeah. So I was doing all this research on camping gear, hiking gear, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I literally was doing most of the research on my on my uh, laptop at work. And anyway, all my ads on Instagram ended up being like hiking gear, boots, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I was like gonna test it, you know, I'm like, I gotta test this out, you know? And uh, so me and Katie were talking, we're intentionally talking out loud about chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and uh, literally the next day there was like a cookie ad that popped up. So no we were way. freaking out. Yeah, yeah, we were freaking out. Well, what's uh, crazy, I saw a Buzzfeed video of a guy who he was like, I've gotta pick the most random thing because I wanna test this theory of is your phone listening to you so I'm gonna pick the most random thing that I never talk about uh-huh. and then I'm just gonna start saying that word over and over and over and over again for the next like week or whatever so he picked crib so he didn't have any kids or anything like that but he's he started talking about cribs and he started just saying crib over and over again well it went on for like a week and then there was no ads and it went on for like a month and there were still no ads every day he was saying crib like 200 times or something crazy like that and uh no ads so i don't know if that you know if that proves that there has to be some form of yeah you know google searching involved in it or not uh right. but yeah no i know like i've been mm. i've been sitting with friends and talked about whatever it is that I, we were talking about and then pulled out my phone 10 minutes later and there's there's an ad for it uh so i don't know it's creepy Crazy. But it's cool. I mean, it, you know, it'll definitely like it's leverage for sure for advertisement. Yeah. At least iPhones aren't laughing at us yet. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure they would. I can't wait till your Alexa at your house does something crazy. It's gonna be yeah. hilarious, Alyssa. Well, right now she's not co- connected to our Wi-Fi for some reason. She's having her own set of issues, so she's like disabled. Praise <laughs> God, she won't laugh at us. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, what you got, Alyssa? Cool. So I was scrolling through like some articles that were on New York Times, and um, I think it was Yale has Yale University has started um, providing courses to teach happiness, um, which seems like such a broad, broad thing to me. And New York Times presents it and they get feedback from students and then they post the students' responses. Um, so they have like a few different perspectives from these students and one of them made the great point of being like, happiness means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and depending on your background and what your religious beliefs are. And so I would be curious to see how Yale is going about building curriculum for that. Yeah. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Do you think they're basing it on, like, more so mental health, or? I mean, I think know. with, like, the trend, you see it all over the place, the hype around mental health. Um, you know, it's it's everywhere. Uh, just, just, like, a special eye on this with the violence that's been going on mm-hmm. that's associated with mental health. And yeah. um, I think there's a lot of validity to it, but I also think some things are blamed on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, regardless, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the foundation for for this. Um, I also think that 
within the millennial and Gen Z, there's a lot of like spirituality too that's kind of right. new mm -hmm. um, as far as recognition goes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of um, you know, spiritual innuendos there. Different, different belief systems. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. I recently, do you like C.S. Lewis, Joel? Uh, yes. Okay. I love him as a person. <laughs> Wait, who? Who's yeah. C.S. <laughs> Lewis is one of my favorite authors. Yeah. Um, he has a great just life uh, story yeah. and has some incredible, incredibly honest perspectives on living as a believer. And um, he grew up an atheist, so he just has really cool perspective on things. But he wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. Um, and as I was reading through these comments that students were coming back with about happiness classes, I could, I just kept going back to thinking about this book that I had read because C.S. Lewis presents joy as an ultimatum, an ultimatum, like it's so very different from happiness and as believers that's a word that's tossed around in the church a lot and I think recently I've heard it a lot more said that joy is something that you find in Christ and not something of the world. Yeah. But he has a quote from the book that I'll share, and then I'll pass it on to Aaron. But C.S. Lewis said in Surprised by Joy, he said, All joy reminds. It is never a possession, always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. Which I just think that paints a picture of, you know, going all the way back to creation and fast-forwarding to, you know, salvation and when Jesus returned. So it's just a really cool view on, on joy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, uh, yeah, as you were t talking about this class that they're going to be holding, you know, I was, I was just curious. I'd love to see like the graduates of this class. I'd love for them to do a survey, see where their lives are at, you know, 10, 15 years later and just get an idea of, you know, you know, what they felt like this class did for them in the long run, because, you know, I, I kind of, I, yeah, I agree with C.S. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I would because he's, like, awesome. But uh, he, uh, you know, the idea of, like, joy versus happiness, you know, I feel like happiness is fleeting in my own life, you know. happy. I can be happy, emotionally happy in one moment, and then something happened, and then I'm devastated, you know. So, like, I don't want these students to, like, waste their money. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I do feel like there's joy is a it's just another level of understanding that I think true joy you know is found in Christ associated with him I don't want to take away from like the humanitarian feel of like the benefit of what these students might experience in the class because I think that God could use this class to speak to them about their own happiness their own life their joy um, so I'm not saying this is a bad class or I know better than what they're teaching at Yale I, I just think that I just think that uh, I think there is a deeper a deeper truth about happiness and joy mm -hmm. that you know that isn't fleeting so and it's definitely something with humanity that's always been the question how are how do you live a happy life? How do you live a good life? Yeah. Where do you find happiness? How do you seek happiness? So yeah. it's just a really interesting topic I think would be cool to follow as it progresses, like you said, Joel. Yeah, I think it would be super cool to follow. I think that, I mean, joy and happiness, there's such like a dichotomy between the two. Mm -hmm. And I know 
from when I traveled around to churches doing like revival conferences and things, um, there were some churches that we went in that were primarily older people. And I can remember walking into like old school fellowship halls and stuff and there being just some of the meanest looking and mean mugging <laughs> old ladies, you know, like you walk in and and you're just scared of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it kind of baffles me. It's like, how are these people who have grown up in the faith and some people would consider incredibly wise individuals, yet they have what seems like no joy. Um, and, and maybe it's, it's almost this kind of sentiment of, uh, I, I, as a Christian, I can't be happy. And I think that's sort of an infectious uh, sentiment that did grow up in previous generations that I think we're coming out of yeah. in this new era of um, of faith. Um, but yeah, I think like looking back, there's been a lack of happiness um, almost on the altar of like, I'll fly away joy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this, this idea of one day I'll fly away and that's where my joy is going to lie, you know, in heaven. But mm-hmm. until then, I'm stuck here on this earth and so i got to be as miserable as I can because that's what martyrs do, right? Um, and so I think that this class could be super beneficial even for a believer to see what it is to be happy in the world, kind of, you know, what, what the world sees as happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, one, just for insight and to be able to recognize and for the knowledge of it, uh, but also two, um, I really do think that there's a lot of a lot of ways that the world is happy um, that Christians are not and that we need to adopt some of those sentiments just as just as there's a lot of you know maybe it's not as deep as joy Mm -hmm. um, but on there are surface happy surface happy there's there's surface happiness that I think a lot of Christians miss out on you know what I mean yeah Um, so yeah Yeah. I think this class is, is super super interesting that's cool. Topic I'm actually online right now signing up, so. <laughs> to uh, you? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Up, you know, yeah, my credentials. Let us know how the class goes. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I will. Well, I brought um, two stories. So, one I'm really excited about because it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's traumatizing, actually. But um, before I get the to one that. you shared you started to share no uh yeah so okay. like i started to share with I've you guys i've heard like three words of this and he was like no i'm gonna wait yeah so. yeah well before that i'm gonna talk about um uh the rap group migos right not to be mistaken with the migos <laughs> which i was i was driving here and I, I called Alyssa and was like hey so this is the story i'm thinking about talking about i was like have you ever heard of the migos and she was like don't you mean migos I was like, oh shoot, yeah. Sorry, homeschool, uh, private school, it's just it's part of yeah. it. <laughs> but so Migos apparently in 2015 they were at a concert, uh, performing at a concert, and they were inciting violence, inciting a riot is what they've been charged with. So now there's this massive lawsuit against them uh, because like people were getting stabbed and all this stuff, um, oh and gosh. beat up and like. There, there's several accounts of theft, and they were like cheering them on from the stage. Yikes. Yeah, this is weird, like laughing about it. Yes. Uh, oh, so man. TMZ picked it up and was covering it or whatever, and this is what brought attention to it. And so, yeah, now they're under a whole bunch of flack, uh, but apparently they're still waiting 
uh, like the media is still waiting for comments from the representatives of Migos. So anyways, that's pretty crazy. Who, that, like, posed the lawsuit? I don't Is know. The people that got attacked? Um, I can look <laughs> at I'm curious. It's kind of funny to me because it's like, uh, that, so I listen to a lot of rap. Uh, I listen to, you know, I listen to some secular. I don't really listen to the Migos that much, but did I just say the Migos? Uh, I don't really <laughs> listen to Migos that much. Uh, but uh, I, I did, I listen to a lot of genres of music. I grew up listening to like heavy metal. We, we weren't complaining when we would go to heavy metal shows and everyone's in the mosh pit punching each other. <laughs> like that was inciting violence. And yes, I would admit, yeah, back in the day, I got a little crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but nobody said anything then. But now I guess it's a little different. I mean, nobody was stabbing each other. See that? Yeah, but still, even that, even that is crazy to me. Like mosh pit culture. Like I don't know. I, maybe yeah. it's just because I didn't grow mosh up in that. Culture. <laughs> right. Is it a Remember culture? You were, I don't you know. Homeschool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. Yeah, it was uh, disenfranchised children with, that had a lot of uh, anger and passion. Okay, so <laughs> yes. yes. Weren't you? Hashtag uh, mosh pit culture. Yeah. Mosh pit culture. <laughs> yes. I love it. Hashtag uh, the the Migos culture. <laughs> The Migos. Oh my god. I hate it. So yeah, that was crazy. Um, apparently, to answer your question, Alyssa, the lawsuit was filed by the owners of the Albany venue. Okay. Um, yeah, mm. which is where they performed at. So, yeah, I don't know. If you're out there, if you're out there and you own a venue, do your research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Figure <laughs> out. Yeah, y'all better research Regen before you invite us in because there might be some mosh pits next year. We're, we're gonna you be guys, inciting the mosh pit culture. <laughs> you guys may not know this, but uh, I was actually uh, almost in a Migos music video. What? Yeah. Dude. No way. Yes, was it for their, yeah. their song Stir Fry? Stir Fry. Stir Fry. They're gonna yeah, have you at cooking the, it up. in the kitchen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> oh, that'd yeah, be legendary. Yeah, they actually I got the it. idea from me. Yeah. Uh, no, no. What happened was I was actually in Atlanta for a uh, for a conference that was a part of the job that I had. I worked for a company called Boosterthon. They're based out of Atlanta, and uh, and so anyway, I went to this conference thing, right? And uh, we were after the conference, we were like hanging out uh, in the street, out around the Fox Theater, and uh, I literally, you know, it's busy down there. I didn't even know, I didn't even know something was happening. I just remember walking like through the street. And uh, there was like a Lamborghini, so I was like, oh man, look at this Lamborghini, like this is nice. <coughs> Sorry. And I uh, saw the Lamborghini, was getting super excited. And anyway, I, I realized like, wait, like we're on a set right now. There's like lights on the sidewalks and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And, uh, and so anyway, a dude with like a headset backpack was like, hey, pss, pss, come here, come here, come here. And like me and my buddies got off the street or whatever. And yeah, out of the Fox Theater come Migos and they like come out and they're like rapping. They got the video. They got all these girls like sitting up on the Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. And Whoa! So anyway, we were like, we just walked like in front of a couple cameras in front of uh, you know the lights, and they, they were like, hey, you got it, you got to go, you got to go. We're like, oh my bad. You know? <laughs> That'd be and awesome. So anyway, yeah, you'd be was, like uh, the the one random white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was wearing get, like, like a the polo. Up, like walking yeah. past the camera. Like, what if you're... No, so there was a. You guys know um, 
hip love and hip hop i think is what it's called um or hip hop and love or hip hop love i don't know some atlanta uh like hip hop reality show um mm. so anyways the coffee shop that i work at they filmed a scene of that in my coffee shop um which oh, was crazy cool. so they like set it up and i didn't realize this was recently yeah this was like not oh, very sweet. long ago i didn't realize how scripted reality tv actually is though Cause like yeah. they were like we're gonna film we're gonna film a scene in your coffee shop. So I was thinking they were just like planning on coming. So you know the cameras are gonna follow them or whatever. But love no, they hip-hop. like set up every what is it love and hip hop love and hip hop yeah nailed it first love try. Um, so they like set up uh, this whole scene and set and everything. And they uh, poured wine or whatever and had it over. Just it was so scripted. It was crazy. I was like I didn't realize reality That's, TV show was like this. I believe is it, it though. Is it? Lo- is it like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, the Housewives of Atlanta? I mean, were they like divas coming into the little hipster coffee shop or something? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Well, I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I was like, so what is it? She was like, it's like a real ratchet version of Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, so then she was telling me, like, oh, they might be flipping tables and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, there better be. Um, but no, so um, apparently, uh, well, apparently, I mean, they just they just came in and sat down and did a little scene. They got in a little fight, um, and then walked well, <laughs> a few tables. And was like, <laughs> no, no tables were just another day at the office. Yeah. But your boy is uh, making his TV debut through this show because they. They what? filmed me making coffee and doing some latte art and all this stuff. No way. Yeah. I hope you made the cut. Oh, Dude, I'm sure it was, that was pretty dope. That is awesome, man. Yeah, what? so I was in that. And you, I'm in it, love it, and it hip-hop. It just fits you. Yeah, it fits you because like, <laughs> just when I see you and look at you, I just think love man. and hip-hop. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Come on. Love and hip-hop. That's a word. Yeah. That's a prophecy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew when we were coming on episode one of this podcast that we would be talking about hip-hop and Migos because that's who you are. So. I know. Come on. <laughs> um, all right, so let me get to my other, other uh, little current event. That happened. This was literally today. I was scrolling through Twitter's uh, just top trending, and this came up seven hours ago. Just listen to this this headline: Indian doctors suspended after <laughs> after amputated leg used as pillow. Like, what on earth? I was so oh. in shock. Okay. Can I read this again, <laughs> yeah, just please. for the people in the back? Indian doctors suspended after amputated leg used as pillow. All right, so this oh is what it says. God. An investigation has been launched after patient's se- severed leg was used <laughs> as a pillow to prop up his head at a government-run hospital in India. Where was the guy sleeping? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I just want to know whose idea was it? They're like, oh, shoot, we don't got any pillows. <laughs> We got this yeah. leg. <laughs> we just got this off. It's fresh. It's good. It's still soft. No. Like oh this man was God. a little meaty, so you know he's, he's, he's got good padding, oh. good support. Oh my! God. And then I want to I want to know what the guy thought about it when he woke up and realized he was laying on his leg. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is like surreal, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh, ridiculous. Like, so then uh, that got me man, thinking. Is this my leg? You got? Have you guys like been been to the hospital? Um, 
like you guys go to the hospital ever like had traumatic injury or any kind of injury where you had to go to the hospital no yes. but I've really? been to a hospital I don't hospital. want to relive oh, I know you've been I mean well I just want to know like what your worst hospital experience oh, was gosh. oh gosh oh okay. man I don't know if you're ready for this mm. this is heavy Joel you, you go I don't this. have anything off the top of my head so like this is mine was like crazy tragic and it's long oh, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the abridged version alright uh all right, y'all are gonna think this is crazy, and it was crazy. Um, uh, so back in 2007, I got in a diving accident and uh, was paralyzed. I don't know if you knew this. If you heard this story, I was in college, and uh, they life flighted me from South Georgia to uh, to uh, Grady. You know where everyone gets shot in Atlanta? They go there. And uh, anyway, I had an emergency surgery. That's why I have the scar on my neck. And uh, they, uh, I was, I kind of had to learn how to walk again. I know that's crazy, but anyway, <laughs> that was a terrible, I was there. Yeah, it was a miserable, terrible experience. Um, and we don't have time to go into detail with that, but God just really changed my life after that. But probably the worst experience in that was there was a guy who actually owned a convenience store, uh, who was shot and both his leg, there were blood clots in both his legs. And I had to share a room with him and the AC went out in our room. And he moaned. I couldn't move. Remember, he was moaning all day and all night, and it was tragic. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I had to bring it way down on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I don't know. Sorry. Well, she's you know. like, she, Alyssa's like, I got a shot. <laughs> <laughs> got my flu shot this year. I mean, it, at least you didn't wake up, wake up. <laughs> resting your head on your own leg. Yeah, yeah, Wait. yeah. That's and, uh. Wait, <laughs> I thought the doctor slept on the bed. <laughs> no, no, they used the guy's leg, oh. who they cut off and put it under his head. I think that's even. I mean, it's yeah, it'd be super weird. It'd be super that weird. That is worse. But they were like, "Oh, we don't have a pillow for this guy. We just cut his leg off, though." So. <laughs> Let's just use that. That's not that okay. is a cruel That's, joke. It is. I don't yeah. know. I don't it, know if it was it, a joke. It was I, wild. It's just real life over there, bro. It's <laughs> just real life. That like, is real life. It's just tough, man. It's tough in these streets. So yeah. I, I, can, I about said I can understand, but I'm like, nah, I can't really understand. That's jacked up. <laughs> I've never woke up with my own leg under my own leg. Yeah, that's jacked up. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's crazy. Well, I think if we had to rate the stories today, Aaron gets most bizarre. Oh yeah, that's yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Twitter, Twitter's yeah. got it all. Twitter's got it all. That's 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 my yeah. That's my next podcast. Next podcast, I'm going to Twitter. I'm yeah, that's great. Hashtag hashtag leg pillow. Hashtag <laughs> that trending. I love it. Leg pillow mosh pit. Mosh oh, pit man. culture. Culture. That's Maybe great. that's how he lost his leg at the Migos. Conference. Oh yikes! <laughs> yeah. Oh no doubt. <laughs> next article we see top trending Twitter. Is a strange link between Migos' lawsuit and man resting on his own leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> and somehow oh. Alexa had to do yeah. with it all. Yeah. Oh, man. Tragic. But, uh, yeah, so that's crazy. So now we're going we're gonna to move on into our featured artist segment. So today's featured artist is uh, Hosea Music. Which is actually um, a good friend of ours is is uh, the female vocalist in this band, 
Um, her name is Dawn. She is awesome, but they just released a new song called Heading West. They just released this music video for it. It's super dope. We're going to link it in the description. Um, and we're going to play this song for you right now. So again, that was Hosea uh, and their new song, Heading West. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes. You can download their new EP that just released a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, super awesome. That was awesome. Cool. So now we're going to go into our mission minute where we've got a couple of minutes to just share what uh, God's doing in our lives, what he's been teaching us. Um, so super candid and what, what we've been learning from God and what he's been telling us. So uh, Joel, what you got? What's God been teaching you, man? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think I, I, this past year uh, I've been just going through like the gospels and just reading the stories of Jesus interaction with people. And, uh, man, I'm stuck and I'm stuck on this dude, Peter. I know I spoke about him wow. at the region conference and, uh, and his life just is so inspiring, but also just relatable, like it's crazy. And so lately, uh, in my personal life, um, you know, I, I am always praying that God will use me to help people and reach out to people, serve people, love people. And, uh, I just found I was hitting a lot of roadblocks in my own personal life, and uh, and so one of the thing, one of the biggest things that I feel like that I have been battling, and I think that a lot of people who would consider themselves themselves Christian uh, have been battling is uh, shame. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it's a funny topic to talk about, especially as a Christian, because like the world looks at Christianity and Christians like, oh you. You give your life to Jesus, you become perfect. Like you can hover, you know, you like everything's right in the world. Like you never screw up, you never fail. Yeah. But I think a lot of times, and we see it in scripture, like you see otherwise, Peter being one of many examples where 
he was following Jesus, walking with him, but uh, he struggled and he failed. He even denied Jesus, you know. So, like when I look at his life, it gives me hope because in this Christian life, you know, yeah, you know, your life changes and you see you see things differently, and it's as if you're breathing air for the first time. But there are times where, you know, you can you can fail, you can slip up and fail God, um, and I think that. A lot of times, and Aaron, you, Alyssa, you guys may have had this kind of shared experience at conferences or camps or anything like that. A lot of times when we were, or at least when I was younger, I thought, oh, if I screwed up after I followed Jesus, I screw up and I fail or give in a temptation, oh, I got to get saved again. Like I got I to gotta give my life to Jesus again. Like it's like this thing where I screw up, you know, and then now I'm, I'm back. But in the scripture, like we see this loving, graceful Jesus who is like walking with Peter and loving him and, and Peter's repentance and kind of turning from his mistakes and his shame, God kind of lifts him up and raises him up to be one of the greatest leaders in history. So uh, it gives me hope that I can be a person who's seeking God and following God and can give my life to him and the shame that I experience from maybe my mistakes or whatever. Uh, don't define me. It's he who defines me. And so I'm so many times the enemy lies to you, making you think that, you know, you are your failure. You're not just a person who has failed, but you are a failure. And man, I'll be honest with you, that's paralyzed me. There have been opportunities that God's opened up for me that I didn't pursue or opportunities I had to talk to someone or love someone. And because I always felt so ashamed or I felt like a loser, or someone that God didn't love, uh, I didn't take that step of faith and actually help and serve someone. So I feel like God's kind of speaking to me like, you know, I don't want I don't want there to be progress paralyzed in your spiritual journey by you believing the lies of the enemy that you should be ashamed. And so uh, I'm not saying that we can live this life and do whatever we want to do and, you know, go against God and he's cool with it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's repentance involved, but... I do think that we don't have to start over, and I do think God's calling us to something bigger if we can overcome that shame by turning to Jesus. So anyway, yeah, that would basically preach a sermon there. But yeah, that's kind of what God's been showing me lately. Um, and I feel like a lot of people even here you know, in our community uh, are feeling that too. I think it's a common human experience to experience shame. I think we all experience it at some level. And to know that God loves you cares for you, doesn't expect you to start over, but is going to carry you and walk with you in that. And it just, it makes the difference. And I think it, it, it makes the difference in uh, a person being paralyzed or a person going on to do some of the greatest things in the world. And so, anyway, yeah, man, I think, I think that's so good. That's so, so, so good. And I think what people a lot of times forget is that, um, Paul tells us, uh, and Jesus actually tells the disciples when he's talking to them about um, being set free, right? He says, um, the truth will set you free. And then the disciples are like, wait a minute, we haven't been slaves since, you know, like Abraham, right? And so what are we set free from? And then he says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And then Paul reiterates that several times. And he says, you know, if yeah. you sin, you, um, you are a slave to sin. You are a slave to the one whom... You obey, and then Paul says, "But we were made slaves 
to righteousness, right? So we've gone from being a enslaved and being paralyzed and captured from uh, by sin and shame to now being slaves and um, encaptured by grace and by the freedom that Christ has, right? Because you can only, you like, like Paul says, you are a slave to the one whom you obey. So if you obey the lusts of your own uh, deceitful heart, then you're a slave to your own deceitful heart. Therefore, you're a slave to sin. If you obey God and you obey his commandments, then you are a slave to God, right? And I think people forget, we, we love to talk about the freedom that comes in Christ, but that freedom is only available when we surrender and become slaves of Christ, right? And I think that's that's, good, yeah. that's such a huge bridge um, when it comes to conquering this thing called shame. Um, because shame is, is such a subjective and kind of ambiguous term that's thrown around. Um, you know, shame could mean guilt. Shame could mean conviction. Shame could just mean depression. Like shame is, is this really vast term that's thrown around. Um, but when we, when we commit to, to surrendering to Jesus and being a slave to Jesus, um, that's when we're no longer bound to this shame. So I think like, how does that, how do, how do we practically become set free from this shame that we feel? Um, I, I think it comes down to what Paul said, you're a slave to the one whom you obey. So if you continue to dwell on the shame um, and you continue to look back on your past and um, my dad had this great quote, he said, look back on your past um, and see it as a, a mentor. Um, and so when, when you look back, are you seeing your past as something you can learn from and move forward um, while keeping the mindset that I am now obeying Christ and that is my stepping stone out of shame, right? Is that I'm going to continue to progress and obey Christ because that's showing that I am, that he's my master, he's my Lord. Um, and I think that's what like pulls us through that feeling of shame. Yeah, but, man, I think that's so good. Um, and, and my, you know, what God's been showing me, I've been going through James, and this ties hand in hand. Um, I've been going through James because uh, our camp, we're going to be talking about James. We're going to be going through the book of James. Our theme is work. So um, how is it that we work as believers? And I love James because, and I was listening to Pastor Judah Smith, who's like one of my favorite pastors uh, and communicators to listen to. Uh, but he's talking about James too, and he basically started out by saying, "Look, James is just a massive dad talk." And if you, uh, yeah. if you know what I'm, I'm talking about, where you sit down with your dad <laughs> and he just lays it out, you know, as is for you. And me being a pastor's kid, like I know that, right? I, I feel that because uh, you sit down with a talk with your dad, you don't know when it's ending. You, <laughs> you might, you might see kingdom come before this dad talk ends. Um, but James is just like super straightforward and I love how he starts out um, in James 1 he says James a servant uh, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and some translations actually say James a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in dispersion greetings and then he doesn't go like I hope you guys are doing well I love you guys I miss you guys he goes straight in. he says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness 
uh, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. I love how he just like doesn't even acknowledge that he hasn't seen him in a while. He's like, you know, I, if I was writing this, I'd be like, hey guys, like I want to ease into this, right. but I hope you guys are doing right. well. James just like hits him, right? <laughs> yeah, Straight yeah. up dad talk. Um, and, uh, you know, he's like, suck it up, right? Uh, count it joy. Wipe those tears away. Um, it's not a I big like deal. That. You know, count it joy when you, when you meet these trials. And then he, he talks about steadfastness. It produces steadfastness. And if you dive into the word steadfastness in the Greek, another form that it's been used in is uh, to communicate a period of waiting, right? So he says, um, know that your testing of faith produces good waiting, right? Um, and this waiting period, let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then when I think of this, I think of just the the waiting that we endure as Christians um, for most of our Christian lives, which is waiting on God to move, waiting on God to be evident, waiting on us to see or feel something that is seemingly tangible, mm-hmm. a part of God. I think we, we live for those mountaintop moments, yeah. but most of our time is lived in the valley. Um, and I think that what Paul, I mean, what James is is getting at is, is he's saying, look, man, trials that you encounter, these things that you're going through, uh, the, the times where you're in the waiting period, um, you have to count it joy because Paul talks about this too in, in Romans. He says, um, joy, count it. He says, again, the same thing, count it joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials um, because these, this tribulation, this suffering produces character or produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. So the end result in this waiting period, the end result in the trials, the end result in the pain that we go through is the fact that it produces hope. And I think that's so cool to like lean on and rely on is that when we're going through this, it it's only because we're getting one step closer to our hope, which is Christ, which we're not ashamed mm-hmm. of. We're getting one step closer to Christ. We're getting one step closer to God. We're in our sanctification process, right? You cannot get to a mountaintop unless you go through the valley, unless you actually take the time to climb it. Um, And I think that's something that we forget. Um, And so, man, I just think that God's been teaching me how to wait. And if I'm honest, I'm kind of in that dry spout, you know? And I think that the one way that we should respond when we're in these periods of waiting, when we're in these times of not seeing or feeling God, is to recognize that we are a slave to righteousness, and we are a slave to God, and to continue doing the things that we would do if we were on the mountaintop, right? To continue reading our Bible, to continue being mm-hmm. obedient to our master, to continue to abstain from sin, to continue to uh, just pursue Christ with everything we got and that's sit down right. with that's, other believers. Yeah, that's steadfastness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to let that run its full course because when we let it run its full course, when we don't rush these things, right, mm-hmm. um, God uses those periods in such a profound and mighty way. And we look back, too, on the mountaintops that we've gone gone up, right? We look back on the last time that God was incredibly evident in our lives, and we use that as fuel yeah. to remember to, to move forward, right? 
so I think I think God's just been really teaching me that uh, again. He teaches me that every time I go through these kind of dry spouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. I, that made me think of uh, one of my mentors is a guy named Victor Bacon, and yeah. uh, and uh, he Vic. said, "Yeah, Vic, shout out to Vic." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he said this one time. I was praying and I was kind of going through like a dry spell, like what you're talking about. And uh, he literally just said this one phrase to me. I was like praying at church, like at the altar. He just walked up to me and I told him what was going. On, and he just said, "Do the last thing he told you." And, and I knew what that meant. Like, you know, he said, you know, raise your hands and worship, pray to me, you know, you know, cry out to me. And so I just, like you said, you just kind of continue to do the things that you know uh, you need to, and it honors God. And, you know, it's just, and through those things, you, you find him, you see him again, you know? So yeah, that's powerful, bro. That's awesome. Alyssa, what you got? Well, just to like tag onto it you were saying, um, immediately when you started reading the beginning of James, um, and he's talking about facing trials, I thought of the Beatitudes Mm. in Matthew 5. That's good. Um, and I've actually, this thought is one that's repeated often in my mind. Um, when we're talking to other believers, a lot of times, especially in the South, people are like, I'm so blessed. You're so blessed. We're all so blessed. (laughs) But, you know, Matthew, the story in Matthew of of Jesus speaking contradicts our views of being blessed, like, totally. Um, You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, for they will see God. Um, blessed are the peacemakers and he just you know goes on and continues to say blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets for who who were before you and I think I mean if anything James could have been recollecting that that conversation and um, you know just wanting to be honest and real so I think you know, when we're going through seasons of heartbreak or dry spells in terms of our relationship with God or, um, you know, if we just look around at our, our community and our culture around, you know, this theme of anxiety and depression, Hmm. um, you know, Jesus calls those people blessed. And it's just, it's really incredible to have that kind of perspective. And I think it's important to remember and um, just really good to dwell on when you are walking through those seasons. Um, But in opposition to you guys, I know we're getting close to Easter and um, I have fast forwarded to to getting through the gospels because I've been, I started from the beginning in January after the new year. So I've been going through the Old Testament um, and it's it's a lot to get through. um, And multiple times I've had to go to the back of the book to go to the New Testament and be like, all right, where's the hope? <laughs> because it's it's really a lot of, yeah. you know, why Jesus needed to come. Yeah. And this just build up of crescendo of, you know, Genesis is a weird book. It is. I'm not gonna lie. It is a weird as stru- heck book. Weirdly structured. Um but actually there's this app called Read Scripture. Have you guys mm-hmm. heard of it? Yeah. Um 
I love it because they have video synopsises of every book. So before and after I would read a book, I would watch the video. Um, And they do a really great job of just spelling out how it was written in literary terms, but also um, gives insight to translations and things like that. Um, But since January, I've also been reading through Proverbs. So since there's 31 Proverbs, I've been reading a proverb a day for the past few months. Um, And I'm going to continue to do that throughout the year. Um, One of the things, the really awesome thing about, and Joel, I'm sure you totally get this too since you're building a church and being involved in ministry is it doesn't just it like influence the people that you're putting together services or conferences or camps for. Um, I'm sure most of our team has stories and things that they took away from, from conference. And I was so blessed just from being around that environment and from, you know, the Holy Spirit was so dense the entire time we were there. Like, He was just present. And so one of the things that I took away from it and got a lot of affirmation from God in was um, this sense of wisdom that I have responsibility for in my own life and have been called out on by multiple people and just affirmed in me. And Proverbs is a wisdom book. So I have decided to take the year and read through it, and I read my proverb a day. And every time it's something new, um, and I, I mean, I wish I could show you guys my Proverbs right now because it's highlighted and marked up like crazy, but um, it's something you can definitely reread and do through the year, and I like structure, so I'm not a kind of just flip your Bible open and right. pick a page kind of thing. Um, I like having it make sense, like conceptually and everything like that. So I really like doing that throughout the, the past few months and we'll continue to do that. But yeah, Proverbs awesome. is great. What's today's proverb? Today is today the 12th. Today is the 12th. Uh, yes. Yeah. Actually. So my great grandfather, he passed away last April. Mm-hmm. He was 94. Um, wow. served in world war two was a police yeah. officer and, That's awesome. um, Today would have been his 95th birthday, so wow. happy birthday in heaven. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want me to read all of Proverbs 12? No, just give us a synopsis. What... Okay. Proverbs 12, 3 um, is, A man cannot be established through wickedness, but the righteous cannot be uprooted. And I think that's it's there's so much hope in that and talking about shame and mm. guilt and... Um, you know, we are called righteous because of Jesus. And so we cannot be uprooted, you know, no matter where our emotions go or, you know, if we're in seasons of sadness and we're not finding happiness or um, we're feeling shameful for something, our roots are still in Christ. And I think that's kind of going back to what you said earlier and just noting that our identity doesn't change um, because we've failed, doesn't make us a failure. And it also reminded me of something I read in Job. Um, There's like a little footnote that actually translated Satan in Job um, to mean accuser. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that made me mad. (laughs) I read that and I was like, hmm. Um, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like he's called the accuser, you know, but there also is the term for the Holy Spirit. They call him the advocate. So we have an an accuser. 
and an advocate. Yeah. That's wow. a uh, man of all the proverbs you could have pulled out. You pulled that one out. That was awesome. <laughs> so good. Proverbs is good, and they're very. Yeah. You know, when you study the book of Proverbs in terms of how it's built, you know, chapter to chapter, there's not too many themes. Um, there are, I mean, several themes throughout the book in total, but. Um, unless you go all the way back to Proverbs 31 and you're talking about the wife of a noble character, it's kind of just those one-liners that are really good um, and kind of set your day off right and reminding you who you are and how to walk through your day with wisdom. So it's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Well, that wraps up Recast, episode Woo! one. So, episode one let's go yeah that was good good show um talked about mosh pit culture <laughs> pillow legs yikes the migos the migos and uh yeah all kind of good stuff so thank you guys so much for joining uh i'm aaron uh i'm joel and i'm Alyssa, and we're the migos <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right y'all be easy from the regen squad see ya Walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it like I talk it, talk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it.